quite excellent episode number 64. And apologies for being late. While our normal release schedule is every three weeks, I try to release every three academic weeks, and our school was enjoying fall break during the first week of October. So I suppose this episode isn't late after all. Today's poem is The Good Life by Tracy K. Smith, published in her 2011 collection Life on Mars. Smith is an amazing poet and has an erasure poem titled Declaration that pops up in my head every so often that I, I just have to recommend it. It is a powerful piece of writing that uses the Declaration of Independence to object to injustices in our own country, and I just I have to recommend it. It's mandatory. The Good Life, though, is our new poem for the week. But before we get there, we need to explore the analysis my students did with Ada Limon. We should probably listen to the poem before, as well, to give us some context for the student analysis. So here's the poem, read by me this time. Before, by Ada Limon. No shoes and a glossy red helmet I rode on the back of my dad's Harley at seven years old, before the divorce, before the new apartment, before the new marriage, before the apple tree, before the ceramics and the garbage, before the dog's chain, before the koi were all eaten by the crane, before the road between us, there was the road beneath us, and I was just big enough not to let go. Henno Road Creek just below rough wind, chicken legs, and I never knew survival was like that. If you live, you look back and beg for it again, the hazardous bliss before you know what you would miss. Okay, students had a lot of really cool ideas in their analyses, and so I'm going to start with some of the big ideas. A student writes, in the poem before, by Ada Limon, the author shows what nostalgia is in these extraordinary events in your life that you don't think about ever ending, but you grow and look back and realize how special those times were. Another writes that she failed to appreciate her old life, making her miss it when she was older, and the reader should enjoy every moment they have to the fullest as a result of the poem. Ashton says that Ada Limon's occasional poem before shows how change forces you to learn and grow by showing a kind of sadness. The structure gives the poem an air of sadness, it starts with a happy time, then a series of difficult changes, and then there's this I never knew that implies learning or growth, survival, that implies that it was from an adaptation into something sadder. That divorce, that moving away. Now, there's a reference to structure there, and a lot of students played with structure. Most students played with the structure of repetition in this poem, but others looked at maybe less obvious aspects of structure, and I'd like to start there. The student writes that the poem looks very straight. The lines deviate too far from this refined structure. It looks like a road as a result. We're riding on a motorcycle with her father at the beginning of the poem. So the shape of the poem fills the space like a road, which is really cool. Another writes that these concise sentences, most starting with before, show the audience that the speaker had never expected everything to change so quickly. The opposite of our previous poem, Transformation, by Adam Zagajewski, where the speaker describes his longing for the transformation here, 
it just happens, and it hurts as a result. A student writes that in Ada Limon's poem before, Limon chooses to put her experiences on the back of her dad's Harley in front of the changes that happen in order to show how the speaker desires the return of the past. We, we get this, the divorce, apartment, the new marriage, apple tree, ceramics, and the garbage, dogs change, the koi. And a student suggests that Limon chooses this order to display the differences in the speaker's life before and after these changes, and another can build onto this, because they write that because Lehman started to, a poem with a pleasant memory, whenever she says before, we just automatically think it is going to be bad. And this is where we move into a discussion of repetition. One writes that the repetition of the word before that sets the mood that the reader will be in, it's a, like a sad setting. It's maybe dark. Elsewhere, repetition helps us focus on how this was back before so much happened. Multiple seemingly random details in this bit of repetition, like the ceramics and the koi, these things show how much has happened and the profound effect seemingly they have had. A student says that Limon repeats the word before at the beginning of each line quite a bit, but the first one, before the divorce, really gives way for the rest of the lines to emphasize how she feels about the divorce. You should notice the repetition gets more specific to the situation as you read the poem before the divorce seems to lack in specific details, but as you go down, we get specifics like the koi, like the dog's chain, and it seems maybe these have sentimental value that's more specific. The student writes that the speaker uses repetition to emphasize the difference between what they once had and what they have now. The extensive list of before then seems to show how they took so much for granted. Another writes that the poem before by Ada Limon uses repetition to show how quickly the narrator's life goes downhill. We have the divorce being our first example that everything else cascading, all caused by that initial before. A student writes that there's signs of a suffocating or toxic marriage here, and the repetition plays a part. They say that before the ceramics in the garage... Uh, suggests that this is something that was broken and thrown away, but it brings up the question of how it was broken, and suggests that maybe this is in anger. They write, Before the koi were all eaten shows a lack of care for the household pets, and maybe even a lack of care for the child. So Limon's repetitive use of before also means that this was a constant and repetitive thing going on in the household. This anger, this potential neglect, this is a really interesting idea, especially because we don't have a lot of context for what actually happened between the speaker and their father. We just know that there was a before time, and then there was an after time. Finally, a student writes that the repetition of before exacerbates the sense of nostalgia of the writing, as it expresses the speaker's longing for this period before all these incidents happened. Now, this question I think is really interesting, because a number of students saw this looking back as a pretty positive thing. A student pointed to no shoes and a glossy red helmet being a, a phrase, a line that shows the carefree nature of being a young age. Another wrote that it's not just trying to show how the speaker desires a return to her past, but also trying to show the bliss that she once enjoyed when she was ignorant of the problems that she faced. A student points to the line, I rode on the back of my dad's Harley at seven years old before the divorce. And suggests that this shows that the person wants to return back to their family's comfort and safety. 
And another student seems to agree, writing that this before really emphasizes that life that used to be, and the speaker seems to want this life back. But not everyone saw it this way. One wrote that they went through a lot back then, yet I believe they feel contempt about it. The speaker doesn't want to regret the past and to look back and beg for it again. Another writes that Limon misses the hazardous bliss, but knows that she has grown older and cannot travel to the past. And finally, one writes that words such as, you look back and beg for it again, convey the severity of the period that stole their innocence. And it seems like the father is intensely related to this loss of innocence, and a few students explored that, writing, before the road between us, shows there was an us, a person important to the speaker that they had to leave behind. In other words, the road between her and her father could be the time and coming of age that is it's missing following the divorce and all the new experiences that follow. And the father is absent from that coming of age. And finally, student says that before the road between us, there was a road beneath us, implies that the speaker regrets the development of the rift between her and her father. Finally, there's some interesting odds and ends that students explored uh, literary devices. For example, one writes that the author creates a sense of misery and desolation by stating things that happened after the speaker was seven years old. And the word we would use to describe this f general feeling, this atmosphere, is mood, even though we haven't talked about it much in class. Something we have talked about in class, though, was brought up by this student, who said the author uses visual imagery to describe how the speaker longs for their childhood providing a variety of images, all seemingly related to loss. And finally, a student writes that the koi symbolize peace, friendship, and love, but the crane takes that away from the speaker. Again, these analyses are just so interesting and clever and thoughtful, and this assignment continues to be rewarding. Thank you for letting me share these. I, I really do appreciate them, students. Our next poem, The Good Life, explores similar territory as before in the way the speaker looks backward fondly. However, instead of looking back to a better time, she looks back to a time of hardship and not having enough. But I don't think it is the lack of money she enjoyed. I think it is, I think it could be that the difficulties of the period made the joys feel more essential and grand by comparison. But I don't want to spoil too much, so I'll stop there. Our secret passphrase for this week is a pretty simple one, and is actually a specific word this time. That word is enough, as in having enough or getting enough. Make sure you use it in your response. For a writing task, I need you to use a specific punctuation that is essential to quoting from multiple lines in a poem. When we use quotations, everything in quotations is expected to be exactly as it appeared in the source material. Unfortunately, most poems have lines and paragraphs don't. The lines in poems are intentionally selected so that observant readers can think about what each line means by itself, how it is linked or separated from the lines around it, and so much more. Because paragraphs are a type of prose writing, they don't have this feature, but we must show where these line breaks are so that our readers know exactly how these lines appeared in the original poem. For this reason, we use the forward slash in our quotations whenever we quote more than one line. If, for example, you quote from lines three and four of The Good Life, you might quote the phrase, never came back. This is an excellent short quote. I love it. You should do it. But if you use this quote, you must put a slash between the words never and came to show that there was a line break there. Also, be sure to keep words capitalized if they start at a line. You may have to do this a lot, as each line is capitalized at the beginning. 
The forward slash cannot usually be found sharing a key with a question mark on the keyboard. And a quick note, you do not use it when quoting from only a single line. If you quote to the end of the line, don't put a slash at the end. That doesn't make any sense. We don't need to know that. You'll need to quote from two lines for this to work. Now, this is an excellent poem for getting used to this new piece of punctuation because Smith's poem is just one long sentence, and it would be impossible to know where these breaks were without this punctuation. This single sentence structure is just one interesting feature of a poem that has some other great writing features, including some solid similes that could be worth exploring. There are also some interesting word choices in there. Why coffee and bread? Why roast chicken and red wine? Why spend money on these things at all? I guess I really should just get to the poem. Here's Tracy K. Smith's poem, The Good Life, read by friend and former student Lupita Rosario Carmona. The Good Life by Tracy K. Smith When some people talk about money, they speak as if it were a mysterious lover who went out to buy milk and never came back. And it makes me nostalgic. For the years I lived on coffee and bread, hungry all the time, walking to work on payday, like a woman journeying for water from a village without a well. Then living one or two nights like everyone else on roast chicken and red wine. A paragraph responding to this poem is due on the Friday that ends this week, and your two replies to other students are due the Wednesday after. Students, be sure to use the word enough in your responses, as this is our secret passphrase. For a writing task, use the forward slash to accurately quote from more than one line. I'll include an attachment of this week's assignment for examples of how this works. Getting the slash right will earn you a point for the writing task and for the accurate use of quotations, as the forward slash should be used any time we quote from more than one line going forward. Don't forget to make use of our previous writing tasks for quality writing. Include a claim and a clear what and how, provide a basic summary before you start exploring evidence, and use the poet's last name by itself to look like the fancy academic you are. If you enjoyed this podcast, have suggestions, want to provide a reading, or would like the class to direct their eyes toward a particular poem or poetic device, leave a comment on LeidenTeachers.com or on Twitter. I am at LeidenTeachers. The content of this podcast is used as a companion to class instructional activities and ownership of these texts remain with their stated authors. Thank you for joining me for episode 64 of this podcast. I hope that between now and the next time you hear from me, you discover and savor a few things that you yourself find quite excellent.